0: Are we gonna be filter free?
1: I suppose so.
0: We just had an argument, a fight, prior a to coming down here. It was a fight. I don't know. What happened?
1: <laughs> um I was tired.
0: <laughs> it really wasn't that big of a deal. We had a lot going on today. We've been trying to record, it feels like, for two days. Tried to record last night. Couldn't record last night. Hopped on the mics this morning. Didn't work out this morning. We decided not to record because we were trying to rush it. And we were kind of all over the place. This is like kind of a really important story. And I was just all over the place. And We didn't have a lot of time because I was second shooting a wedding today. And then... We get home, I get home from the wedding. It's like feeling pretty stressed because I knew we had to do this and I was just tired. This
1: shouldn't be stressful though. If I it's know, stressful it's, then we shouldn't be doing no, it. No,
0: that's not true. That's not necessarily <laughs> true. It's just, there was. I just felt like there was a lot on my plate and so then you wanted to go get the kids Halloween costumes and I was already kind of like worked up about that because I hate Halloween. I we hate really Halloween did. so much. It's the most Christian thing about me. <laughs> it really is. Like I hate, I fucking hate Halloween so much. And our kids love Halloween. They love the devil.
1: They do. Our not. kids love the devil. And it's demons. like playing dress up and getting lots of candy. What kid doesn't love that? I loved that. You know
0: who else loves that? Witches
1: dressing up and eating candy. What do
0: you think they do? They dress up in witches. That's garb. what they do. Yes, they literally <laughs> have witch outfits. Anyways, I hate Halloween okay. and. We literally went to a store called Spirit Halloween. (laughs) The Spirit of Halloween.
1: It wasn't that bad. It It was was really expensive, though. I was not expecting to spend Uh, that much
0: money on... When we got there, on the way there, I said, I can tell you what I don't want to do. I don't want to spend more than $50 on two Halloween costumes. Yeah. Like, total. And. I can. I said, we're for sure not spending over $100. What do we do? Spend over $100. We spent over $100 on two fucking Halloween <laughs> outfits. Literally the devil's birthday outfits. <laughs> and our kids are celebrating in full force. Stop. So I was it's already worked like up that. about that. I was it's already worked like up that. about that. And I was like.
1: You're so dramatic. I know
0: I am. I'm worked up right now. I'll get it all out. So we walk out. And then there was just an issue with like. The batteries and Sterling's costume. Sterling has always wanted one of these, like, inflatable costumes. <laughs> so he got a fall – I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a really cool costume. Yeah. It really is. It's like a, a pink Fall Guys. If you don't know what Fall Guys is, Google it. It's a video game. But it's like this really cute-looking
1: – It's adorable. It's
0: adorable. And he was dancing in it. It was it really was cute. so cute. And but pink. it would not stay inflated. So I was pissed off about that. We needed stronger batteries. And then we – anyways. Then we get home. And we're, like, trying to record. We got to feed our kids and, like, try to get them down. They always give us a hard time on the weekends. Like, they're like, why do we Mm got to go to bed? They want to stay up and so late. And it's, like, partially the reason is I need – we need time alone away from you guys. Like, we (laughs) need you to go to bed. Yeah. And so then, you you know, I'm packing for the wedding tomorrow. We have another wedding tomorrow. and you're trying to get the kids ready. And then I go upstairs and then like, Sterling goes to bed immediately. Ellie needs 59 things done. She wants you to count with her. She wants you to tell her stories. She wants you to read her books. She wants to cuddle with you. She wants you to like rub her eyebrows. Like she does all the things.
1: Yeah. We do them
0: all of them. And I'm like, Lara, all you gotta do is tell her good night.
1: Yeah, I read the book to her, and then she started reading it to me, and then I started falling asleep.
0: And then, so I walk in, and I'm like, Larry, it's been 45 minutes. Like, it's 10,
1: it's 10.45, like, it's 10.30, like, we gotta
0: record. Yeah. And then you came out, and then I don't even remember what I said to piss you off. What did I say?
1: You said something about me acting like it wasn't a priority. The
0: podcast wasn't a priority, and then I mostly felt this way because- we, like, put it out on social media. It's like, hey, guys, like, we're going to stick to this Friday thing. Just kidding. And I get it. Like, it was the right call. You were really tired last night. You'd just gotten back into town. Yeah. But then it was like, we tried to do it this morning. And so I was just, I don't know. I just I'm felt, like, I felt oh, no, our 10 listeners, they're going to
1: be so It's not 10 <laughs> listeners. We
0: had, <have> like, 200 <laughs> listens on our last episode. It's hundreds. We literally have hundreds of people listening to this. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Cool.
0: you don't know the metrics i do
1: i don't anyways
0: I don't. will you forgive me
1: i suppose i'm sorry
0: for being a dick and for calling you out thank you i do feel bad you should i do
1: <laughs> okay
0: good can we move forward yeah I do want to podcast with you now.
1: Okay. Oh, that was the other thing. You said you didn't want to podcast with me. Well then because then you were like <laughs> You're giving me major mixed signals. I know. I know. I'm traumatic. I'm <laughs> You're a traumatic so bitch. dramatic bitch.
0: I know. But I love you and I appreciate you loving me. I love you too. I'm tired too. Look at these eyes.
1: <laughs> Look at my eyes.
0: Uh should we talk about this bullshit? <laughs> I'm feeling feisty. Okay, I want to talk about a couple t- twists. And I'll I'll give you the game plan and the listeners the game plan. When we recorded the last episode, I kind of was like thinking we would start with like, here's the problem. Like, you know, we're not going to make you wait till the end. Here's why we quit ministry. Now, let's walk down our long ministry road. And even in the last one, I started like naming names and like names of churches and names of pastors and things like that. I feel it feel like was, it
1: was too much. It maybe. wasn't
0: malicious, but... Now I'm thinking like, does anyone honestly really care about that? So if you do care about that and you do want to know all that stuff, just hit us up and we'll go grab a beer or something. I'm not going to give you... We're not going to walk extensively through our church history like I was planning. But what I do want to do is do a very abbreviated version version of our ministry and then spend the majority of the episode focusing on why we actually quit. So let's see if I can do an abbreviated version.
1: Let's see it.
0: In like... I don't know. Six minutes. Good luck. But I want you to interject as well. Okay. Okay. I'll try. So I took a little few notes, a a little few. I took a few notes. So our years in ministry span from 2012 to
1: 2019.
0: Wild. So that's like, what, that's like seven years. Is that right? Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, something like that. So we were at a church called Aviator Church. Uh, I thought which,
1: you said we weren't dropping names.
0: Well, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. care. I'm not okay. going to drop pastors' names and stuff like that. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of like. Oh. Okay. I saw this pastor do this because there's the one story, like oh. the one story that we talk about. That's like, damn, I can't believe he did that. That's fucked up. Like, oh, we're. Okay. Not, I'm not dropping any of those. Um, mostly because in the last recording of the episode, I gave a preface that like I have no ill will or m- mean thoughts towards any of these people. anymore. Yeah. So like. It just didn't... It felt irrelevant to then share it. Okay. So... Move along. Aviator Church, April 2012 to September 2015, three and a half years. Yes. That's how long we were at Aviator Church, and I came on as a youth pastor. Um, I want to give some quick kind of highlights that I think are important to note. Uh, I quit my job uh, as a commercial plumber to move here. I was making... And this is back in like 20, 2011, 2012. I was yeah. making like $25 an hour, which... At your pretty ages. decent money at my yeah. age. Yeah. yeah. Like I was good. 20, 21. Uh, and I moved here and took a job as a youth pastor, making $430 and thirty-something a month. Um, I was gracious Not enough so. to, and gracious enough to have a family here. Shout out to the Tavares uh, dusty and Mike Tavares took me in and allowed me to live in their home. And that's why I was able to make Jack shit because I had rent covered because I had a home, and I lived in their basement for like a year and a half. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So I, I did, fell.
1: I fell in love with you living. <laughs> living in ba- some other families. Basement. Real quick story.
0: I'll never forget my first day here. Uh, Dusty, who is the mom, I guess wanted to make me feel welcomed and made tacos because uh, I'm Mexican. This
1: is one of my favorite stories.
0: And, and it, you know, it's like ground beef and like a you know like white
1: people tacos. El Paso
0: taco mix. You know, like just. <laughs> Basic and, uh, you know, sour cream and shredded. Just like whatever. It's just basic white people tacos. Yeah. And they slap the flour tortillas down on the table. And I'll never forget this. They then, oh everything was on the table. So they had like all the ground beef and all the toppings on the table in the center. <laughs> kind of like a pass style. And I'll never forget it. They just opened the flour tortilla bag and started eating them cold.
1: <laughs> like I've never seen anything like. And I've like never it. seen
0: anything like that in my entire life. Again, <laughs> to this day, they just <laughs> ate them cold. I, in your, oh. if you're Mexican, you heat them up. You put them yeah, on a comal you like you you like warm them in a pan, or microwave them at the least. I've n- never eaten a cold tortilla, and <laughs> I was like, "Can I heat this up?" <laughs> and I like nuked mine in the microwave. I I couldn't do it. Like, Anyways. I <laughs> So uh did that important notes about that series of our life. We were youth pastors at the time and honestly, I have some pretty damn fond memories. So many
1: fond memories. We met some
0: amazing kids. We yeah. some that we still know to this day, some that were at our wedding 10 years ago and some that came to our 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Like we've we've uh shot weddings for some of those kids like Yeah. truly one of the most the coolest things ever. Yeah. We met some amazing people who were volunteers, like, uh, the tolls shout out to the tolls. If you're listening, They're some of our closest and best friends. Um, and that's where we met them. Um, and they're still friends to this day. They're actually coming into town on over Thanksgiving. And we're going to have a grand old time. They're going to stay with us. Um, we, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. It was amazing. I had so much fun. We did so much fun shit.
1: We really did.
0: Um, I feel like I learned how to plan events there. I learned how to preach. Dear God, why did anyone let me preach? <laughs> like, um, I think I, I've Good. always been a gifted communicator, but like in terms of knowing theology and stuff, like I didn't know jack shit. Really? Yeah. I mean I know I mean I knew a little bit. I mean bit, you did
1: like, more than I knew.
0: I mean, is that really I mean I knew Is, nothing. I really, <laughs> is
1: that really saying much?
0: <laughs> um so like that—that's kind of what was going on. So more about the church. The church was a church plant in Derby, Kansas. It was a contemporary church. Um, they had ten or so eight people in a basement, and then you know at their peak were fifteen hundred in meeting in a high school, or something like that, or fifteen hundred at their highest point. Um, I will say uh, this church—we kind of got a look behind the scenes at the way that things were done, and uh, ultimately we ended up leaving that church because after three and a half years, because there was some shady shit going on behind the scenes that we just didn't agree with. Um, and so I ended up quitting there. Um, but man, it was really tough and it was really hard, um, to leave, uh, especially when the lead pastor stands on stage and tells everyone that you took a job somewhere else or, or yeah, you're was, a pastor yes. somewhere else. <laughs> when really the real reason was I had to look him in the eye, a man who I do love and I do care about and did respect and say, Hey, I don't agree with what's going on here. I feel like though this is so Christian at the time, I really believed that God was telling me to tell him to his face. Like, Hey, I don't believe that what's going on here is right. And I believe God's calling us away. Um, and so we did that and we left, uh, and not many people know that it was because of what was going on behind the scenes. There was just an overemphasis, um, on the numbers and on attendance and on numerical growth and on financial growth. And it just, it was all about the numbers in in a nutshell anything else you want to add to that this is a very yeah. oversimplification yeah
1: i know i'm like you're not going to get any into any specifics i mean what like
0: no. I, maybe what specifics no. do you think we should tackle because it's like i don't want to get too far in the weeds but like that's that's kind of what that was i mean
1: yeah i mean it it just really sucked like i felt like there was um a time like i i knew that there was a huge emphasis on numerical growth and it felt like we weren't acknowledging the spiritual growth that was happening even yeah. in our kids. Like, yeah, maybe we didn't have the most kids, um, I mean, but I would they, to... they were like truly changing. Yeah, like these yeah. kids, I don't know, and it.
0: We had, it, it was a really interesting dynamic. We, out of all the youth groups in town, we were probably like the youth group with the bad kids. Yeah. Like they would have been the not like, I mean, Derby is a very white suburban yeah. community with like picture perfect people. And that is not, those are not the teenagers that we had coming to a lot our of our group. kids
1: had like troubled homes or um, something like, like not a lot,
0: like, but I mean like they were amazing, amazing humans. And yeah. You know, we loved every single one of them and still do. Um, yeah. That being said, I mean, I had to submit attendance reports every single week. And like, I got grilled over like, man, why is the youth group growing? Like, what, what, what are you, what are you not doing right? And here I am like this young kid, 21 years old, you know, and I say kid, I was a kid like praying and like begging God, like God, why isn't this thing growing and thinking that it's all my fault. I'm like doing everything I can, like handing out freeze pops at the end of school, being dismissed at the middle school and giving invite cards out. Or tailgate
1: parties. Tailgate.
0: Yeah, I mean, we threw some badass events, man. Giving away a $1,000 for dodgeball events, trying to give away Nike sneakers and stuff to just anything gimmicky to get kids in the door. And, you know, like... We did get them there. (laughs) We did. We did. I mean... We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun, but like I just remember feeling like Complete and utter utter shit because I couldn't grow the youth group. Yeah, you know there was so many conversations that were had about like why isn't this growing and this well and even like looking
1: back on photos now I'm like I can't believe even for a second that we thought that that wasn't successful or like I mean whatever that means I think our
0: last year that was there we were knocking on a hundred kids like pretty consistently like we were around ninety kids that were coming. You talk to any youth pastor. Here, I think today, especially, like, hey, do you want ninety kids at your youth group? Yeah, but it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. It was never enough, and that was all. There was always an emphasis on on that, and so that paired along with just what we saw on Sunday mornings with the adult services. Like, it just, it really was all about the numbers. Um, so we ended up leaving that church. Uh, did a small stint uh, right after that. I mean, that would have been twenty twelve to to September twenty. 20- Fifteen. Right after that, we left Aviator and we went to Life Church. Mm -hmm. So this is like Craig Rochelle Life Church. This is like thirty locations TV pastor Life Church, like Craig Rochelle. Yeah. Um. And uh, we had a nice little season there. I think we were only there for about a year, year and a half. Um. I think we were about to start our second cycle. We were there and just kind of like hid. And kind of recovered from all the stuff that we went through at Aviator. Um, and it was such a big church that we were just able to go and kind of consume. And But at some point, we decided, hey, I want to vol-. I mean, I don't know that you decided. I think I decided, like, I really want to do something again. I also discovered that so much of my identity was tied up in, like, being a pastor.
1: Yeah, it was really a weird time going from... Youth pastor to then just kind of being a volunteer. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It, was, I don't it know. was so interesting. And I really even, like, I loved the kids that we had there.
0: You had some really deep connections with some girls there.
1: I did. But I, you know, there's still, there was still something about, you know, my kids that we had. <laughs> I, I just, it was different. Wanna I want to know something that's
0: so fucked up? What? I'll never forget. Mark Jackson. Oh, this. Man, this. Fuck that guy. Piece <laughs> of shit.
1: He said we weren't gonna name job. Um, oh,
0: God damn it. Fuck you, Mark Jackson. Like he <laughs> this man had the audacity to look me in the eye as I'm quitting. I have to and so I quit and then I have to go and I have to like go before the staff and like tell them why I'm quitting. It's ultimately because I disagree with what's going on. And this bitch looks me in my eye and says, well, you're not allowed to talk to any of these kids anymore. Yeah. Don't you dare continue to talk to them. And I was like, dude, I, what? Like, I'm yeah. not just going to drop these kids. And so then he threatens and and accuses me of like trying to steal the youth group to start my own thing. Uh, and I, what a piece of shit human.
1: It was God. crazy. And then to even like when we were ex, I, I don't know that like, I healed from that one. Yeah. I cannot stand well, and it, I feel like we were. <sighs> what's crazy was that I don't know if we were just like so broken about it that like we we legitimately we didn't go out of our way no to we reach didn't. out and we I, didn't I don't know out.
0: and there was some real damage that was done to some kids.
1: Yeah, like, and I that's like one of I don't know it's a big. Regret. I really regret that. I mean, like, like you know.
0: But you don't know what you know, like church politics. It's it's so it's so. Anyways, I don't want to get into all that. We were at Life Church for a minute, and we ended up doing a short stint there. Thank God, because I had started to get the itch again to jump back into full time ministry, and I had started to do some things. Um, I had started to be more involved. Um, a shout out, I will say shout out to the Life Church staff. Like they are amazing people. They're amazing humans. I have no qualms, no issues with any of them. I think at the end of the day, we just arrived at the actually, here's what led us leaving Life Church. Um, you kind of had some health issues that came up that had to cause us to take a big step back. Um, all in all, during at this at this time as well, I'm working for FedEx. So I drove for FedEx for two years. Loved it. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was so much easier to deal with packages than pastors. Yeah. Like I give me your package all day long. Um, but, uh, then we got to a point to where I had a guy, my buddy, my friend, Zach, um, actually funny story. I, I took his job. I, he got fired at aviator church and then I was hired on to replace him. Anyways, Zach ended up going back to aviator, uh, did a season there and then ended up leaving because surprise, surprise, things never change. Um, when you kind of have someone in leadership, that's, you know. Just been doing things the way that they've always done them. And Zach approaches me, and he's like, hey, dude, I want to talk to you about planning a church. And Larry and I went over to hang out with him and his wife. And do you remember what I told you before we walked in? Yeah, to their we're house?
1: like, ain't no way we're going to start a church or be a part of this. Ain't no
0: way we're going to do another church plant.
1: Yeah. No way. no ain't way." Happen. What happened? We... The... Started a church plan. We
0: did it. We sat down. We and
1: were like, shit, we're doing this. He
0: cast a vision and it was like and ultimately at that point it's like we want to do things differently, differently than the way that they've been done. We really want to have an emphasis on community, you know, like
1: And was we, this like the beginning of 2017 or this something? This would have been
0: like 2017. Now I'm just trying to speed up, like, but it was 2017. We spent all of 2017 preparing to launch the church. I think we launched the church. Like fall of twenty seventeen, and we built up a launch team. I think I don't even know how many people we had there. long story short, that did not last very long. We did that for two years at the end of those two years at that point, I was the associate pastor of that church, so I did a lot of the leading and preaching and teaching and and
1: that feels like one all weird dream yeah, it was to a me weird
0: blur man <laughs> in it though, we met some of some of our most favorite people and some of our closest people um but we did that. And we realized like, I think we were a year and a half into it, maybe just a a one full year. So all of 2018 at the very end of 2018 would have been like around Christmas time. So it would have been the holidays of 2018. We were standing around and we're like, man, what are we doing here? Like we've literally just reverted back to what we were doing at Aviator. It's like same old, same shit, different day. Like focusing on the things that don't really matter. Uh, big emphasis on the Sunday service, that kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, it just felt like we were setting up for just us. Yeah. You know, like
0: so we ended up going a completely different route and doing house churches. Um and we did house churches for a minute. I think we started with like four or five house churches and then it all dwindled down to one. Um and ours was ours was gone for quite some time. I mean up until COVID. So I think it went like two years. And, uh, and what a, what a cool and confusing and frustrating season to try to do house churches. That is a very, very, very quick summary of kind of our ministry background. Youth pastor for three and a half years, volunteer, uh, student leaders for a year, year and a half, completely out of ministry for, I don't know, a year, five months, six months, planted a church, was associate pastor for two years two and a mm-hmm. half years something like that. Yeah. Or two years and then did house churches for two years. Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. Is, it's pretty yeah. close to that. Um so all of that being said that is kind of like our church history. Now.
1: Are you getting into nitty-gritty?
0: Now I want to get into like <laughs> why we actually left the church
1: okay cool because i was like i don't feel like you actually said no i was <laughs> just, just like- trying
0: i was just trying to give like an overview yeah of okay. the backgrounds that we came from um and i want to start by reading this statement that i wrote because this leans heavily into like why i think ministry was so appealing to me because mm-hmm. you've already said this in another episode but like did you ever think you would be in ministry?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. You did like you did not think that was the trajectory that your life was heading.
1: Hell no, absolutely. So freaking not.
0: Here's here's what I believed and I'm just going to read this like the myth of ministry that I believed for the longest time was that it was the most important thing that any person could dedicate their lives to because you're dealing with people's eternities.
1: That's fair. So
0: makes be- sense. Because fair. of that I thought like, this is the most important thing that any human could ever do, ever. And I dedicated my life to that. And I thought like, this is the most important thing that anyone could do. Like we're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about like people burning forever or like being with Jesus. Like one of them is really bad. One of them is really good. Like why would I not dedicate my life to that? Yeah. And I think because of that, I allowed myself to exist in situations that maybe were like a, maybe didn't have the best morals or integrity, right? Because it's like anything short of sin to reach anyone for Jesus, like even if that means X, Y, Z. Yeah. And so we existed in these environments that kind of bent the rules around some of those things. So I wanted to make that statement that to me, like, That's the myth that I bought into, that ministry was the most important thing. Surprise, surprise, I no longer feel that way, uh, and I've not felt that way for a long time. I don't know if you agree. Do you feel like that's the most important thing? Do you?
1: I mean, I felt like... I felt like you were... What you were doing was the most important thing. Like, I think at that time of my life, whenever we were dating and got together and all that, like, you know, I was I was on my way out of Wichita. Like, I wanted to do something Yeah. with aesthetics, with makeup or whatever. Like, I don't know. I had all these other dreams that I was like, but wait a second, like, ministry, that feels... Kind of like you said, like, is that the highest calling yeah. of, of yeah. something? You know, and I... I kind of in a way bought into that too is like I need to support this dream because it has to be the right thing like this seems like the best thing
0: it it was so it's so crazy because it's like you know even making like 400 and something dollars as a youth pastor it's like it's okay like it's worth it like it's worth it to like this is
1: like the whole like The good thing or the God thing. Right. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. I mean, that was a phrase that we heard all the time.
1: (laughs) And you're like, this is the God thing. So
0: now, granted, there were so many great things that happened while we were in ministry. And I don't like all of these things that I'm about to read because there's like three or four reasons as to why we actually left. I want to make this statement. I know this is going to seem like I'm speaking about churches and over with like a broad stroke, like in a very generalized statement, I understand that. I know yeah. that not every church is like what I'm about to describe. I know your pastor, you don't believe your pastor is yeah. this way. Um, and I know that there are pastors out there that aren't what I'm going to describe.
1: Yeah. We've met, I, we've met pastors. We have
0: met pastors that in aren't. our very own city yeah. who are Men of honor and men of integrity. Yeah. Um, but I believe that the majority of pastors fall into the traps of the things that I'm going to say, even if that majority is 51% to 49%, like it's pretty close to half, but obviously it's a majority. It's 1% more. Yeah. I believe that this there's a bend in American church that is just different. And so I want to read these off. These are why we left. There's three real reasons. I'm
1: so curious to see what you wrote.
0: Number one. <laughs> well, two. I mean, the only one that I really changed was the third one. But okay. we, what we read earlier, like well, in our first one Oh, I can't Columbus remember morning. already. Perfect. It's all I new know, for you. It's new for me. Number one, we got a real look at how things were done behind the scenes, and it was so disappointing.
1: Yeah. It was so disappointing. Do you want to unpack that? Yeah,
0: we can unpack that. Um you know, most churches have staff meetings on Monday mornings and you know, you go over what happened on Sunday, right? Like mm-hmm. And for most people, if you're a children's pastor, a youth pastor, a church secretary, um, someone that's in charge of guest services, a small group pastor, you are going to go over your numerical successes, your metrics, how many people signed up for a life group, how many people um, signed up to get baptized, how many first-time guests were there, did anyone sign up to volunteer, (laughs) who raised their hand to give their life to Christ. There's all these metrics. Yeah behind most of these metrics is a disappointed pastor who is frustrated that there is not growth. Yeah. Right. I don't know the statistic. I can't pull it out of my ass, but the church in America is in decline. It is not growing. Yeah. And some people are like, Oh, well that's just because people aren't sharing the gospel. I would argue it's because people have finally realized how much bullshit happens on a Sunday morning and how much like, this is just kind of all a big show. And at the heart of a lot of Sunday services, like there used to be a human that thought they were doing the good of like God and what God created them to do. But somewhere along the way, ego got involved in like big things. And now it's about, you know, other things. And I don't know what all of those things are. Again, I understand that sounds like I'm speaking with a very broad stroke. I know that's not every pastor, but I will say Fifty-one, forty-nine percent. You know, like I do think it's the majority. Yeah. So,
1: well, I mean, I think when you get that insider look, like you, you, you see like mm, something can't be right. What are you doing?
0: Teabagging. I don't know why that just. The have you? Sound? Do you know that in every episode I go to edit, you have a teabag on the table.
1: I know. Sorry. It's,
0: funny. it's okay. Sorry, I interrupted you.
1: It's fine. I don't even know what I was saying. Classic Chris interrupting me. <sighs> I know. Talk, talk, talk.
0: (laughs) One of the big things that we saw behind the scenes was like, is, is these meetings. And so I remember sitting in these meetings and like people crying after these meetings because they felt like shit. Yeah. People feeling like they were worthless. People feeling like they were not good at what they were doing and like they were failing and like their job was on the table. And all of these are people who had all given up other jobs to come and do this full time. People with families and people who, you know, like uh, one of the churches that I was at, I think one time we added it up. In eight years, there was like over 40 staff that had been overturned.
1: That's insane. That
0: is a toxic work environment. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: like... I got to see all these things happen behind the scenes, people who are literally praying to God, asking God, why isn't this growing? Why? Why isn't this happening? And you just get to hear all the conversations about like what series can we do? blah blah blah. Oh, yeah, we got to do we got to do I'm not bullshitting you. We have to do a, we have to do a tithing series around Christmas because that's generosity and people are generous and I'm not bullshitting you. So many churches do a tithing series around tax return time because they know taxes are coming. And just so that you know, most churches will say, you need to tithe 10% of that tax return. So dirty. Like, this is the kind of stuff that we saw behind the scenes. And it was like encouraged, have conversations with these people. You need to talk to your volunteers about tithing tax returns and and this and that. It's like, something about that feels just really wrong.
1: Yeah, and like tithing and generosity are different.
0: Yeah, yeah. Generosity is going above. So like God requires ten percent, but if you really, like then there's generosity. If you're a volunteer, you have to be generous. I probably sound so fucking salty. Oh yeah. But this is just. This oh, and is that was like a requirement. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. If you're going to be a volunteer, a you, you had to, to sign a covenant. Do you remember?
1: Yeah. Like you have to. You have to tithe, and I even. It's just. It's wild. To think all about. sorts of stuff but like i yeah never
0: mind no what are you gonna say no Tell just
1: me. how like you know obviously like you know part of of doing ministry it's like the pay isn't always the best you know yeah and i just remember there was a time where like financially it was tough and it was like we still were do you remember
0: what i told you yeah go ahead and say it that Go ahead and say it so that people can understand <sighs> well, where I was at in my faith at that
1: point. Yeah, it was like if it came down to like paying like a light bill or buying groceries. What, buying groceries or something, like you would tithe. And I remember just being like mind blown. I was like, this can't be right. Like, and then also it's like, how are we in a position <laughs> where we are. Giving so much to this church, and I don't know, like, we're still struggling to live.
0: Sorry, I had to adjust the camera. It was like, it felt wonky. It felt like catty It was making me feel drunk.
1: It's still kind of, (laughs) I don't
0: know what's going on with it. Does it need to go that way?
1: Look at you interrupt me while I talk
0: again. No, I heard you talking about, <laughs> I didn't interrupt you. I got up to move the camera. It's, still, it's still, distraction,
1: that way. distraction. It
0: was a weird thing. I mean, looking back on it now, I'm like, God, how could you say that, Chris? Like, how could you think that and do Brainwash. that? But I mean, in, in, <laughs> in my mind, like, tithing was the most important thing in the world. And like, now, I mean, we haven't tithed in, actually, I did tithe recently. Do you remember that? It was like a year ago.
1: <laughs> that's still a while ago. I, I mean,
0: but before that, it had been like yeah, five years.
1: I'm not saying that there's anything necessarily wrong with tithing. I think um, trusting so the the organization that you're tithing to is also important. Yeah, and where for that sure. Money is going and how that's distributed. I don't think. Um, yeah, but.
0: I got to hear all sorts of conversations about like money requests. Like, if someone came in and they were like, Hey, uh, this person is requesting money because they're struggling, the first question that would be asked was, Do they tithe? Uh, When was the last time they tithed? (laughs) And if they didn't tithe, they got nothing. Like, you
1: know how messed up
0: that is? And this guy's, this is common stuff. Like, this is not like isolated things
1: yeah it's it's wild so well, this is the kind of stuff do you that we remember saw how the there scenes. was like the thing that they were like like almost telling people that like um like test them in that like god oh was yeah like, money like, back an, guarantee yeah, yeah they did like, a money
0: back gu- I, I know churches do that it's like, like tithes for a year and if god doesn't bless you yeah. like we'll give you all your money back i wish somebody would have <laughs> said it at least once uh one time there was like this, the church was trying to buy like a building, um, because they met in high school. So they were trying to buy a building and there was a secret dinner that was had for all of the top 100 givers in the church. Um, and like you got invited to this dinner to be asked for more money so that we could get this building, like just stuff like that. Like so much stuff behind the scenes. I remember working a firework stand, uh, oh, tirelessly, tirelessly working a so firework mad. stand. um, I mean, no one knows what went into that. Brandon, if you're listening, you remember like it was a bitch. It was a lot of work.
1: You guys did so. And good I think too. we
0: made like thirteen thousand dollars. And I was told that if you work this fireworks stand, again, the youth didn't have a budget. We had I was no told if you money. work this, you will it will all go to your budget. Uh to pay for camp, to pay for other things. We had I so think many three thousand dollars went to camp. The other ten thousand dollars went to the building of the church. Yeah. Or something like that. Maybe those aren't exact dollar amounts, but it was not
1: we it yeah. was a
0: very lopsided number. And, and
1: not what was like
0: yeah. promised. Dude, it was just it was so messed up. So many things happened. We were so we told you'd get a raise for every kid. Me. I wasn't gonna bring
1: that no. up. <laughs> okay. I was sorry. once
0: told, Chris, we will give you a raise. For every student that you have above the 10%. Okay, so there used to be this statistic that is a a healthy youth ministry is 10% of the total Sunday worship attendance. So if you had 100 people at your church on a Sunday morning, a healthy youth ministry is 10 kids. If you had 1,000 people at your service, it was 100 kids. Like That's a healthy youth ministry. So I was told if you have... 100, if you, if for every kid that you have over 10%, we'll give you $2. So for easy math, okay, let's say uh the church had 500 people in it and we had 60 people come to youth group. Okay. That is 10 more than the, than like that's over the, that threshold. So I would have gotten an additional $20 on my paycheck. And I remember walking out and the secretary looked at me and she said, did I just hear what I think I heard? And I said, yeah, I feel sick to my stomach. I can't believe that conversation was just had. Please do not add that onto my check.
1: Yeah. Like I remember you coming home and telling me that. And I think that was like the beginning of the end for me. And
0: it's like, why would they think you think $2 is going to motivate you? Like you better believe I was already busting my ass to try to do everything I
1: could. Like,
0: and I remember the look in their eyes. Like they were so (laughs) proud to be able to like, do that, like, ooh, we're really helping him out, like, ooh, he's gonna, like, he's gonna be real happy with this, and it, I just felt sick to my stomach, and it was about that time that I was like, what's going on here, man, and the church just continued to make really bad decisions like that, that were calling into questions and morals, so that ultimately led to us leaving that church.
1: But like so many priorities were out of whack.
0: And that, uh, totally, totally. Like, there
1: wasn't even, like, res- real respect for, like, I feel like, family time, like, it felt nope. like ministry was above all else above god above family like that's what what was modeled yeah like, i mean it was
0: really modeled like you you you're here like you're at every event you do everything uh your family will understand it's all for the kingdom like it's all for souls like that kind of thing and it was just really 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 messed up and all of this led to me really questioning like man, I followed this person. I followed these leaders that I believed in. You know, once we left, I had this crisis and this is really where my deconstruction journey started. I want to give a, a, a a lot of people hear deconstruction and they think this is, it's super trendy, but like in 2015, I, I, what led me to deconstruction is basically when you take your faith and your beliefs and you examine it and you take it all down to the ground floor and it's like knocking over a Jenga tower, and you pick yeah. up each individual individual Jenga piece, and you examine it and decide, do I believe this still? And so yeah. for me, what called me to cause my faith into question was the fact that someone that I had followed since I was in ninth grade, a freshman, this was my youth pastor that I followed up here, to like, had disappointed me, had let me down. I was so disappointed, and mm-hmm. all of the decisions. I mean, there were so many times where. Like, uh, mm, I'm not gonna say that. That's not relevant to the story. I know you're probably really curious now. I <laughs> know, but it's okay. What it was, but I'll tell you after. It really caused me to question my faith because it's like, well, if I trusted this person, like, and they have led me in my spiritual formation since I was a teenager, and they have kind of failed to show moral integrity, like, what else did they lie to me about? And that's what really started to cause me to question my faith. Um, so that was why we left ministry at that point. And I told myself I'd never go back and yeah. then we went to live church and then I was like, wow, this is cool. This is awesome. I bet I could get a job here. This seems really amazing. And that happened. And then even like with living water, you know, like the church plant, you know, where I was an associate pastor, like I still didn't buy into it. I was like, no, I just don't think that this can be done in a healthy way. I don't think. That organized churches, organized religion just works out. It just feels like there's always such a pull to there being someone in authority that abuses their authority. Yeah. We've seen it time and time again. So that was number one. <laughs> number two, we were tired of having this pressure to make every relationship we have uh, the end goal of inviting people to church and sharing the gospel. Like it felt like we had to Start relationships and friendships with people so that we could invite them to church, and like keep it up, stay in their lives because like we're we're chipping away, we're earning their trust, and it just felt really dirty. Yeah, and it felt gross, and like, I know that uh, you didn't like that either.
1: No, it wasn't natural to who I am. I like, feel like
0: you're a very genuine person.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, just it felt odd that in the back of my mind, I would have this like little voice or it's like, when are when are you, you going to invite them to church or when are you going to like introduce them to Jesus or have you have like, that was uh, not that I had to like craft conversations to go into that direction, but it was like, that was like the goal. And so you had to get there. And if you didn't get there, then it was, it was, was like, a it was a, yeah, it was like you, that was a fail, Yeah. A fail. And it I- just, it, it made it hard to even communicate because you know i'm not super proper like i don't always say the right things i um i don't know like i felt like i had to just kind of keep quiet sometimes because i was afraid of saying the wrong, the wrong thing. thing yeah um so i feel like that time of my life like you know i think a lot of people knew me or knew of me, but they didn't really know me. Yeah. And I would say I didn't really know them either. Like, you know, just very superficial.
0: And it, it just felt like we had to like censor ourselves and like, we couldn't be true to who we were. And a lot of that does have to do with like coming and being in ministry. Like you are, people do kind of put you under a microscope and like they do kind of,
1: you're kind of on this pedestal, you know, like Mm -hmm. that you really don't, belong on like or that just as human that
0: anyone even asks <laughs> to be on that you know yeah <sighs> oh, Sorry, I just remember feeling like man I don't like this I don't like feeling like I have to the leverage, pressure. leverage our relationships with people feeling like we have to invite them to church and I remember like that's probably one of my favorite things about our life now is that we don't carry that pressure. Yeah, like it doesn't exist. It's not, not, not at a all. thing.
1: Like, yeah, I love that I can just talk with people and truly get to know them and understand them. At, and at there's no point where I'm like, oh, I need to tell them about Jesus. Yeah, or you're
0: like waiting. You're like, okay, now's a good time to like invite them to church. Now, because then yes. it's like, well, what happens when this person says no? And then you invite them again and they say, no, well now you're crossing boundaries and now like, you know, you're not listening to them and you know, now what do you drop them? So then it's like, it's like a guy that's like trying to get, you know, trying to have sex with a girl like that he meets and it's like, oh, I'm real interested in you until I can't have sex with you and then I'm not interested. Like that's what it felt like with church Mm -hmm. and the constantly inviting. So like that was another thing. We just started to feel real gross about that. Like. If we get to know people, we want to just get to know them.
1: I wanted to have real friendships.
0: And we talked about this on the last episode. I think it's worth bringing up again, but like there was a pretty pivotal relationship and friendship that we had made at one point. Um, shout out to Ashley and Justin Aiken. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tell that story? How you, What do you remember about?
1: I just remember having them over for dinner and we- You remember what we made? no what did we make
0: we made the remember how i used to make those pork carnitas i would buy the the pork shoulder and i would like cut it up and oh. i would like sear it and then i'd like mirror and then i'd like cook it's it like in the crock huge, pot
1: is that what you mean yeah so that's good. what we
0: made it was very good it was a lot of work though. yeah i don't make that anymore yeah but um, we did tacos yeah
1: yeah it was the first time that we had ha- had them over and i knew that they had like differing like background I of know faith. If we
0: were in church i think
1: i don't think we were
0: kind of done at that point maybe we were doing our house church thing i think at that point we might
1: have been doing our house church but at that point like our whole view and concept of we definitely had gone through a deconstruction we definitely had some different
0: kind of beliefs
1: um so we were just very open in general uh
0: and both of them would not consider themselves christians and so Um,
1: it was just I don't know, it was so refreshing. It was like we
0: had conversations about religion that night and just all sorts of things, like not just religion, but like all sorts of things and even though they disagreed like it was like there was no anger, there was no hatred, there was questions from both sides and I remember like when they left that night us just feeling like that was one of the most soul refreshing conversations. That we've had in years. Yeah.
1: And about faith too. Like we had never had that great of a conversation or with that. Like deep even of a people that we were
0: super, super close with. Yeah.
1: Like. Within the church. And so it was like, wow, like we're having these conversations about faith with people outside of church. And it's just like my whole. Th- there was
0: a string of people too that we had met that, like, they had zero ties to church and were like, man, these are just like such the, good people.
1: And it was like, these like, feel like our people. Yeah. Like, and I don't know. I would have never thought, like, you know, five years earlier that we would have been sitting across the table, like, with people like Ashley and Justin and that we would be comfortable and I'd, that I wouldn't have that pressure or there that. There was burden zero pressure to like. like Oh, let me share tell the you. Go- God. Let Jesus. me tell you about Jesus. Yeah, right? let, let me share me ta- the
0: gospel. T- let me invite you to church with us tomorrow. Like, hey, it's a Saturday. Like, yeah. there's an open seat, you know. And then, like, to consistently keep asking them and inviting them. Like, yeah. There was just a mutual respect that I had not really seen in the church, and it was just so great. And I, I remember like us having a conversation and something clicking, and us talking about like this idea that like, man, it just feels good to not feel the pressure to have to like, it was win someone over.
1: Yeah, it was so cool. It was great. Yeah. And
0: Ashley and Justin, we love you. We're not worried about (laughs) you at all. No biggie. You want to know number three? Yeah,
1: what's number three?
0: Number three, we came to a crossroads where we wholeheartedly disagreed with the idea of a Sunday service. That ultimately, I think, like if you want to talk about the nail in the coffin as to why we quit ministry, we did not see any value anymore in a sunday service.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I you know, mean, I just felt like your spiritual journey has to go beyond what you get out of an hour on a sunday for one. Totally. <laughs>
0: like, and here's what, let me be the person that is probably maybe watching this on TikTok or listening to this on on like iTunes or whatever. And I'm debating on making it like a doing an impression, but they would probably be like, "Dude, the church is the church is the body, you You gotta you're the body the body of Christ. And you just gotta go to church and you, you the body. You gotta be on the body." And it's like that whole thing and it's it like <laughs> the body of Christ. We gather on Sundays. Like it is. It, it's just that. And I, <laughs> bro, what? Is that the only reason everyone's going to talk about like, oh, you got to be in community and you got to have community. Do you want to know what Sunday services are? The purpose, what they will say. It's about community and participation. It's about being the body. No, the reality is you sit and you spectate. Ooh. You sit there. And you spectate. Maybe before you grab your donut and your coffee. And listen, I got nothing against coffee. I feel like, wasn't it, Mc, I, you wouldn't know this, but I feel like uh, John MacArthur or someone just recently came out condemning coffee in church services. It's not that. But maybe you talk to someone in the church lobby for five or 10 minutes. And maybe you get beyond a very shallow conversation of, hey, how are you? How are the kids? Maybe.
1: Maybe, yeah.
0: And then you go and you sit for an hour and a, hour, hour and a half and you sing, a, you sing some songs. You worship, whatever that means, quote unquote. And then you sit down and you listen. And then you maybe talk to someone for another five or 10 minutes. Most people just leave and go to lunch. Yeah. Like, tell me what part of the body am I at? They're all, oh, the, the church needs your gift digs. Oh, we need you. Like, for what? To put on a service? Like, to put on a service where people come and they sit and they spectate? Like, what about that feels fulfilling? At all. I don't know. Do you miss that? No.
1: Well, there's like there is this part of me that thinks I need to miss it every once in a while, not often. And then like we'll go and I'll be reminded of like, yeah, there's nothing for us here. This ain't it. Like it
0: feels like there's nothing for us there. And and if you're happy in that, like great. I I love that for you. I'm not gonna lie, like I've told you before, there are parts of my faith that I miss. I miss feeling, I miss feeling the like, what's the word? The fulfillment of like, I just was at church and like, oh, this was so great. And this was life giving. And it's like, I think the big misconception that people have about people who have gone on a deconstruction journey is that like you chose to go there. Like, you're just rebellious. You just want to have your own beliefs. You just want to, like, believe these things and do these things. And, like, you just want a God that you could divide. And that's not it. It's like we are people who go on a deconstruction journey. It's like... Frodo and the Lord of the Rings. It's like I don't want to go on this journey, but I have to. Kind of like Like, forced to get I I have to go, And, and, and you don't choose it; it just happens. And it's typically based on experience. And for us, we saw how things were done behind the scenes.
1: But you know what's crazy is like through that, like we never necessarily questioned Jesus and who God was. It was just a lot about how church operated and you know and that's really
0: what our third episode is going to be about is like well where are we at now i want to unpack like kind of where we are now yeah and, and how we approach faith now because i do think there are a lot of people who find themselves in similar spaces and for those of you that aren't in this space i think it would be valuable for you to have some insight into maybe you'll run across someone like us. I, I consider myself a spiritual nomad, like yeah. a wanderer, someone who has gotten comfortable in the gray, right? Like religion right. is so black and white and faith has been so black and white for so long. But man, there's so much gray. There's so much gray. And I, I truly believe now God exists in the gray. Yeah, for like, sure. I do. I'm like getting into like unpacking stuff for the next episode, but like we just found that it didn't really provide anything for us. We disagreed wholeheartedly with how resources were being used. And I'm not just talking financial, yeah, but I will say financial, like, yeah, financially, tell me how it makes sense to spend. $20,000 to send mailers to a whole city for an Easter service and have less than 1% return. What do think short of sin to reach them? Gotta spend $20,000. Yeah. Is a soul worth $20,000? Would you spend $20,000 to save a soul? Yes. I don't know I don't what know. this voice is I don't or know. Like I what I'm like, doing I feel like
1: this? we need to name him Doug or something. Doug?
0: Bob well, Pastor Doug here. Welcome to Welcome to Journey Church. It's nice to meet you. Yes. We'll keep it's Doug. perfect. We'll keep Doug coming back
1: around. <laughs> yeah.
0: But like we, just, so we, we couldn't do it anymore, man. Yeah. And I think these three things It like, was a
1: there was times that it was a great season of our life. And But more oh often God.
0: than not, we were just like, ministry, is it worth it?
1: Is it worth it?
0: I can pretty confidently say I would never do it again. And I used to be worried to say that. Cause I'd be like, Oh no. Like I'm every time I've said that. something, you know, yep. never. like God, you know, d- but like, I don't believe that that's what God has for me. Yeah. I've had pastors look me in the eye and say, Chris, you have gifts that God wants to use in the kingdom. And you know, you need to be in the church. And I'm like, man, I like, I think my ministry now is just like my family. Yeah, Like true ministry, like the most important thing in my life is you and our kids and our family. Like that is the most important thing to me. And that is the first and utmost ministry outside of that. It's like what Jesus said, like, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and love others. Like it's love God, love people. Like that's it. Like that's it.
1: Yeah, literally it. Yeah, it even got to a point in my faith where I was just like, you know, if someone asked me what do you believe in, I'd like, I feel like I just have to say love because that is what makes the most sense. Right
0: Careful now. there, sister. You sound <laughs> a little new agey. <laughs> you believe in love? <laughs> yeah. The 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 Greek goddess Aphrodite. <laughs> yeah. Get get out of here, Doug. Go away. Here, Doug. <laughs> yeah. I that's why we left ministry, man. And while I'm, while I can like, that was a very salty, like, I understand I got very worked up during some of those statements and phrases and things like that. But like for as much bad that there is, like still a lot of good, man. Yeah. Which is why like these days I typically don't criticize what I see a church doing because at the end of the day, like people are just trying to do the best they can. But this was not like, this content was not meant to change your mind. It was meant to share our story.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it
0: was meant to just share our experiences. So if you are someone that goes to church, that is involved, that is involved, that serves, that tithes, that does all these things, that reads your Bible, like, hell yeah, good for you, man. Like, you do you. Like, I love that for you.
1: Yeah, literally. I love
0: it. But there's value in your experience and there's value in our experience. And I believe that God loves us equally as much. Us, our spiritual nomadic ways versus the American Christian ways like that people have, like it, it's just, it's just different mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like it, it, it's fine. Yep. So how do you feel? Do you feel like we summed that up? Do you feel like we, I think so. Do you have anything you want to add?
1: Mm, not that I can think of.
0: You're like, dude, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to go to sleep so bad. <laughs> a little bit. Hey, I want to give a shout out to some people who've sent us um some messages and people who have been following along. Uh I think it's it's always awesome to hear from you guys. Like I want to give a shout out to Jenny Wilson, uh who we know who's a wedding vendor. She had Aww. sent us a really awesome nice message just telling us what the show uh, meant to her. Um it's really cool to just get feedback and know like wow, people are listening and not only are they listening like the content is actually really helpful. Uh, And it's super, super beneficial for some people. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Annalise Gonzalez. She recently messaged us. Um, I was chatting with her the other night in our DMs. She -hmm. said she used to be a Bridal Breakdown listener and uh, is super excited. She recently got married, like very recently. And uh, Bridal Breakdown was a big part of that. But she was like, I'm so excited to have a podcast that is more relevant now to the stage of life that I'm in with relationships and even faith and stuff like that. So, um, Mm. may not have been the exact episode that you thought about faith, but it, you know, it's where we're at. Actually, I want to add, I want to add this faith for a lot of couples and to go through what we've gone through is a deal breaker for for so many people. And I am so thankful that we just always gave each other the space to just be wherever we were, yeah in our faith journeys.
1: There were a lot of times where I was like, "Is it enough just to g- exist? Yeah. Just to to just m- be Just to be, like. And I don't know if you felt that mm-hmm. way at any point. Yeah, but
0: I definitely want to unpack that concept more in the next episode, because yeah. I definitely think we are in less of a doing version of our faith and more of a being version of our faith. Yeah. Um, I'd be and curious. And I definitely want to unpack that. It Honestly, next the next episode might feel a little like a sermon, but. Uh-oh. Pastor uh, Chris. Pastor Chris. What about Pastor Doug? <laughs> Any room for him? <laughs> oh, that's obnoxious. That's obnoxious. Anyways, I just wanted to add that. Like, I'm so thankful that, yeah we have navigated this together yeah it could and have been a
1: freaking nightmare
0: so that's little advice for any couples out there navigating faith stuff is like just i don't know i, I was gonna say something and I, I don't totally know forgot. well i'd be Probably. curious
1: to see like if people are going through similar places like with deconstruction and, and stuff like that because questioning and questioning because yeah. i i i know like when we were on kind of the other side of it Um. And once we started talking about it more, um are you are you taking pictures?
0: no, it's taking a video of you. just keep talking it. Just keep talking.
1: <laughs> Why do you keep doing stuff? You keep doing stuff and distracting me while Can I'm you talking not I sure can't oh. sure cannot. <laughs> I was just curious about what other people how they're feeling how about they're it. feeling because i think after the fact we started realizing when we were having more conversations with people we found like oh there's more people who are yeah. in a similar yeah, boat yeah, 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 as yeah. it felt like are, there was definitely like, some no more one's people. talking about yeah. it
0: yeah I, yeah i would love to hear if anyone has any if they feel this way or have felt this way or have had any similar experiences um or if you completely disagree i'd love to hear from you too i might say fuck you no i Stop. won't say that but like I, but I might, but no, I'm just kidding. But we'd love to hear from you in our DMs. So hit us up all that to say, thank you uh, to the people who reached out to us. We really appreciate you. Always appreciate the kind words. Um, We definitely need it. It helps keep us going. Um, We want to continue to do this. Hey, can I say something to you? (laughs) Thanks for recording this episode with me. You're welcome. I appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you too.
0: Do you want any of my kisses? Uh, Maybe. Maybe
1: maybe
0: do you want anything more than kisses
1: maybe a snack should,
0: uh, that's not <laughs> what i was talking about but okay <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys that is it that's all we have for you i guess we're just gonna go ahead and roll on and keep trucking in episode three no one gives a shit about our 10-year anniversary
1: babe because it's not that big of it's a, a deal. G- it's amazing it's what? a really no, cool no it was no. a party it's yes but go, there was so much go. intention
0: that went into it
1: okay just it's not that big of a deal okay
0: well i'll record a bonus episode on my own and i'll talk about our 10-year anniversary
1: ain't nobody want to hear about you talk about that
0: That's what I think about you right now. We're giving each other the bird. Okay, guys. We'll talk to you later. Catch you next week. Bye. You didn't say bye.
1: I thought you were going to cut me off. Well, go ahead and say bye. (laughs) Bye.